Hello, everyone, and welcome to this all-new episode of the All-New 52 Podcast. I am Joe. This is Caleb. We talk about comics on this podcast, and we like comics. This week, I have no idea how to describe this other than a lot of Doctor Who stories. Yeah, a lot of Doctor Who stories set within the uh, David Tennant era, um, which was uh, like mid-2000s, yeah, late 2000s. I think like 07 to... Somewhere in there, yeah. Maybe oh five to eight or something like that. Yeah. Um the best part of the show, in my humble opinion, not necessarily in terms of writing, but certainly in terms of fun. I'm gonna have to ask you to carry this episode I figured, with the might of your back. I figured. Because um, much like Doctor Who, we'll get into that. Well, yeah. We're talking about this. I like Doctor Who. Joe used to and mm-hmm. then he kind of grew out of it and while i stopped watching the show i still enjoy it and i can go back to uh the russell davies era and stuff and i i can't <laughs> it's it's a little too hokey for me nowadays which yeah it's fair yeah um, also my enjoyment of sci-fi like has gone like this throughout the years it's dipped into more fan or it's risen into fantasy which is interesting yeah but this there are six stories so i guess we can just go into them Story by story, unless you have something you want to say by all means about the collection. Let's let's go. Let's run our way. All right. The first story is the Whispering Gallery. Uh, it was written by Leah Moore and John uh, Repion, uh, with art by Ben Templesmith and letters by Richard Starkey. This one has the companion Martha in it. Yes, I like Martha um, in the show. I mean, I don't like her in the show, uh, and there's nothing in here for me to like or dislike her with. She is pretty much a non-entity in this mm-hmm. uh, this story. The story is that they are uh, they go, you know. For those of you who don't know what Doctor Who is, Doctor Who there's a character named the Doctor, and he's an alien who can time travel, and so he picks out a human companion, and they go time travel, and they. But sometimes instead of old timeies, it's uh, new timeies. Yeah, it's alien planets. Yeah. So this, they land on an alien planet where you can't show emotion. That's a big no-no. And they're in the Whispering Gallery, which is where they paint, like, Harry Potter portraits of everyone when they're dead. And the person says, like, one final confession. It's their one time they can show emotion. Um, But Doctor notices that there is an old friend of his on the wall. And he goes to start investigating his death, her death, which leads to... um, him discovering that there is a monster that can that feeds off of emotion, and that's why this culture has all this uh, all this kind of stigma around emotion. And he solves that problem while Martha messes around in the gallery and does nothing. Excellent recap, Caleb. Thank you. Um, art of this one didn't like it. Nope, bad. Um, I get where Ben Templesmith is going with it. Um, Mainly when characters are in the background, because it's very, uh, it's very characterish. It's which like washed out, kind of. Very easy. Yeah, I like the colors that he does with this. Very painterly, but when the characters are in the background, they're very caricaturish. Very easy to do with David Tennant. Um, however, when they're in the foreground, he tries to blend the characterish with realism, which is something that's just never worked for me. If you want an idea of what it is, look at this cover. This is the cover that pertains to this issue. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to see from the camera, but... Well, you can get a general idea. Yeah, like, uh, Martha will have, like, little sticky hands and then a face that's weirdly proportioned, and then it's like they took a photo of her face and tried to wrap it around. 
It's good. It's, it's like it's good. early 3D graphics. It's like what the uh, GTA uh, 3 trilogy remaster looks like now. Yeah. We're going to be timely. Yeah. Um, wasn't a fan of it. Uh, but what about you? You also didn't? No, I didn't like the art. I didn't like the story. Um, uh, there's nothing like there, there wasn't enough tentatisms for me to be like, I like tenant in this story. I think that most of the writers in this do fairly well of like capturing his kind of eccentric. What's the word? Eccentric. 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 That word. <laughs> <laughs> About like his wells and stuff. Like yeah. Um, but this one may be less so than the others. And. The story is fine. It's just they Martha's presence is such a non-factor and they keep cutting back to her that that's unfortunate. And then you have this whole thing where it's like, well, the story really centers around the doctor's relationship with this other person who we've never met before in canon. So I don't think it that aspect of it totally works. So perfect representation of the show in my book. Okie dokie. <laughs> I don't think that's the problem with the show, but uh, the next one is uh, The Time Machination. This was written by Tony Lee, art by Paul Grist with colors by Phil Elliott, and lettering by Maliala Studios. This one does not have any companions. No, this is... This is season four and a half. Yeah, this is where the Doctor, or it's in between companions, we don't know. But there is a historical uh, friend of the Doctor's, H.G. Wells, uh, pre-becoming a writer. Um, and man, this is complicated stuff. Okay. Doctor goes back. She will brings a friend of his John Smith to the doctor to help him, uh, fuel up the TARDIS. But, uh, Oh, Torchwood who are, it's kind of like shield in the doctor. He universe. They're trying to go after the doctor because they don't like him in this time period. Uh, and a bunch of complicated things with a bunch of like, uh, trying characters, trying to trick each other. turns out John Smith is working, as like a double agent for Torchwood. And that turns out that that's because he is the follower of a villain who Tenet defeated previously. And so he's trying to get the doctor to be captured and killed by Torchwood before he can go and do that, even though the doctor's already gone and done that. And H.G. Wells is there. All right. The art for this one was fine. I thought it was much worse. It's one style. <laughs> Yes. I, I think that's why I like it more than the other one. I, I turned over to the next page after that first issue. Then I was like, how? <laughs> how did it get worse? I mean, it's very cartoony and maybe maybe a little bit of a of a jolt if you're used to seeing these people in live action. But I think it's fine. I didn't like it. Fair enough. Story is the kind of complicated mess I love for Doctor Who. It's not amazing or anything, but I'm like, every layer they added on, I had a little bit more fun with it. Uh... I just it took me out and out and out every time there was like another word on panel where I was like this is this is too much. This is not the wordiest story in this collection, but no, it is it's close. It's, it is. It's, it's not. It is close. Um, I think it, I like how they use H.G. Wells here. That's fun. I like how they expand on the lore. Um, Torchwood is an interesting concept introduced in season two that they don't really go that much more into because it becomes its own spinoff show. So I like seeing what historical Torchwood was like as a fan of the series. Good on you. More and more. I'm regretting doing this episode. I'm so sorry. This is me on the Sonic episode. I'm it's, so sorry. It's revenge. 
<laughs> um, next is Autotopia. This one is written by John Ostrander uh, with uh, art by Kelly, uh, Kelly Yates, colors by Chris Carter, and lettering by Kuba Kiri. I still don't like the art. Yeah, I don't like this one. I like this one less than the second story. It's also cartoony, but it, it feels like the characters are falling apart. Yeah, the it's it's like it's in a, it's in a solid downhill for me but it also started at the bottom of a hill so it's just falling in a hole at this point <laughs> yeah um yeah i i hate to bag on i hate bagging on art i don't know why it's a weird hang-up for me but okay no no i'll, I'll go i can here's where i can add no as soon as something's put into the uh which yes, call, as I soon know, as it's put into the public know, realm and is being sold yes i know your i know your take on it and I'm sure we, at some point, we can have very interesting conversations about the nature of criticism and stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm right for <laughs> liking it. I also don't think you're right, but oh, you do like this art. No, I meant I meant your natures of criticism, but that's oh, a completely oh, okay. different thing. Um, no, this is bad art. <laughs> <laughs> um, the story. So the companion in this one is Donna Noble. Uh, oh, what's her? Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Yeah. People really like this companion. I really find Catherine Tate annoying in all things she's in. Oh, I find Catherine Tate annoying. I love Donna. <laughs> How did you like her here then? Oh, she's a non-entity. Oh, I don't think so. She has a lot of Donnaisms, and it's annoying here. It's it's just as annoying here. All as these it is. people talk a lot, and I, maybe it's because it's been a while since I watched the show, or maybe it's been just the uh, I can't quite capture actors like a live action thing being represented on paper as much as I can put my own voice into stuff. But none of these people, like I can't see any of the actors talking like how they do in this book. Here's the thing about Donna. They, here's, here's why I don't like Donna. A lot of people uh, like her because she's so sassy and she can like banter back and forth with the doctor. And she's a complete 180 from Martha who is, um, wasn't like that less strong headed. I understand all that. However, it never seems like Donna's having a good time. And part of the part of the job of the companion in story is to like introduce be the amazement, you. be the yeah. audience surrogate. Yeah, and it's like, well, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be around Grumpy Donna the whole time, and she's very grumpy in this one. Maybe that's why her and I got, I got along <laughs> this issue. Um, the story is whatever. It's about they go to this planet and there are robots, and um. The robots uh, were built by this race of people so that they could perfect themselves intellectually. But now they're bored and the robots want revolution. But they want to genocide the people. And doctors like, no, you can't genocide them. <laughs> genocide bad. Yeah, and which, fair enough. But the amount of times the doctors committed genocide. <laughs> um, this is also angry tenant who just does anything when he gets angry. Things I like, I, I do like the amount of danger in this. Every time the doctor is put in a dangerous situation, I'm like, oh, he and Donna could definitely die. Um, I also, I, you know, when you do put into context of the show, everything that the doctor's gone through at this point and his anger and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, him, him getting mad at the robots and stuff. It all adds up. Uh, the downside to this one though, is that it's such a generic story that I feel like the show has done like eight different versions of. Yeah. Add on top of that. I don't like Donna and the other, the. The race of people who made the robots never get that much information, or like characterization. So, kind of a, this is probably the weakest story in the thing. Yeah, I, I'm comfortable saying that. I'll agree with you. I, I, I 
don't remember yeah, anything about the next two. So okay, Cold Blooded War. This was written by Richard Starkings. Richard Starkings is a very influential uh, and important letter um, who's worked for both DC and Marvel. Mm. Lettered uh, X Men through God bless him the nineties. And so it was cool seeing him write something. Uh, but the story was by Gary Russell, art by Adrian Salmon, uh, with colors by Chris uh, Carter, and, of course, Richard Starkings lettered this. Um, this is the one with, that has so many words. And more Donna. No wonder the letterer wanted to write more words. Or put wanted in to write, yeah. yeah. Uh, this also digs into, like, Doctor Who lore the most because it has, like, the Martians and stuff in it. Um, the story is they kind of stumble onto this planet where there's this conflict going on. It's like a super patriarchal planet, but one of the, there's like a feminism revolution going on and doctor has to stop them while Donna just runs around and tells everyone they're idiots, which to be fair, she's right. Um, and the Martians are there and it feels very fan servicey. So I think that's kind of a better thing about this issue though, is that I feel like in a doctor who comic, I would want, more fan service stuff especially if it's not an ongoing this is like this isn't an ongoing series is yeah, it it's is an it? anthology yeah so like i don't know showing things that i like already yeah i think that's fair um i don't dislike this episode i think when it gets into some of the politics you can nitpick it but its heart is always in the right place um it does it does do that weird thing where it's like you should respect women because we were all born from a woman. I'm like, well, shouldn't women have respect? Other like, than uh, biological yeah, needs. But, you know, it, it's hard is in the right place. And Doctor Who has never exactly been good about <laughs> addressing social stuff. <laughs> They've never been bad. They just haven't been good at it. <laughs> Richard Starkins, uh, there's just way too much story here, um, which isn't all on Richard Starkins, but I feel like he tries to juggle it the most. I still don't like the art. Oh, yeah, the art's, man, I don't remember it. It, it. I think it's like the most anonymous in the book. It's weird because there was not a house style for Doctor Who. No. So, but if I had to say there was one, it would probably be this one just because like, I think it's the most unremarkable. Better than the Donna, the other Donna issue, though. They're about the same to me. Room with the Deja Vu. This was my favorite one. Um, I think these stories progressively got better with the exception of Autotopia. This was written by Rich Johnston, art by Eric J, with colors by Chris Carter, yet again, uh, and lettered by Neil Utake. Taki. I don't know. I'm sorry, Neil. <laughs> Poor Neil. Doctor's on his own once again. Season yes. four and a half has returned. And this one is super angsty, because he's like, it's early should season I just four and a half? always be alone? See, I actually think this is set between Martha and Donna. Because or it could be Rose. A companion. Yeah, any any space where he doesn't have a companion. Um, and he ends up on this space station where there is there has been a murder. And the murder, the suspected murder, is someone who lives their life backwards. And so from their perspective, they have not committed the murder yet. But from everything it appears like they have. So the because he's a time traveler, the authorities get him to go get him to interrogate him by creating a paradox within the interrogation room. And the doctor finds out that no, he didn't actually murder the person. It was all kind of this temporal misunderstanding. And the issue basically ends with him seeing this person die, which in this sense means they were born because from 
one person's perspective. Back and forth, yeah, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, and then he goes off and he's like, and now I want to find a companion. Ta-da! It's the most high concept issue. I couldn't really explain it to you, but that's fine. Time travel to me doesn't... It's cool if it's logical and bulletproof, but it very it, it, rarely it is. It depends on how... It depends on how much you set your own rules and then break your own rules. Yeah, and Doctor that, Who always breaks. Yeah, their own well, rules. they don't. They also never set anything in stone either. There's never like a set thing that they're like, we can't do this. Yeah, and then they like do it the same episode or something like that. It's a hand wave. Yeah. Um, but I, as long as those rules exist to get to an because the rules change every episode, every issue. As long as that gets to the point where it would, it leads to an interesting story. Great example of this is season one, Father's Day with Rose. Uh, she creates a paradox. Never consequences like that never happen in the rest of the series, but it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. I also think that this is a story that wouldn't work in TV, while all the other ones you could just basically transpose into a teleplay format. This is one where I think it's so dialogue driven and stuff and the way because there's an editor's note where it's like parts of the story should be read backwards or would be benefited from reading backwards. And I did that and I read it backwards. But it's cool to have that experience of reading it forwards forwards and then backwards and it making sense. Um, I think it's just it uses its medium well. That's something that I can appreciate. Yeah. If only it wasn't issue five. Yeah, that's the problem with an anthology series, right? Is mm. you can't help it. What did you think of? Uh, did you like? Did you like the concept, or was it just kind of at this point tiring? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, too little, too late. Uh, what did you think of the art? I uh, didn't like it. I it's not my favorite, um, but it wasn't it wasn't the worst in this book. I'll go out and say it. None of the art in this book is good. It was not the worst in the book, and thus I was able to give it a pass because I like the story. <laughs> it didn't bother me while reading. You're not the worst, therefore. Yeah. All therefore, right. Therefore, it's almost like you have a passing grade. Don't worry, Joe. There's only one more one. I know. Black Death, White Life. This is uh, written by Charlie Kirkhoff, uh, who also did the colors. Um, Tom Mandrake did the uh, art, and then Chris Mowry. Chris Mowry did the letters. You did it, Tom. You're getting me to say something. I liked your art. Was that Tommy did that? That was no, Tommy. Tom, you just Tom said his name. That. That's Tom, why. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Immediately, all these <laughs> all these names got jumbled up in my head. Um, Let me refresh myself on the art. It's quick. the most uh, like house-looking style that it can be in terms like... Uh, oh, yeah. That's why I didn't love the ones. Is it has a lot of weird lines and facial expressions. <laughs> It has just looks the most like it could be any comic, and after, uh, what we what 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 we had just read, I I liked it. Yeah, this is what it looks like. Um, it's not bad. I think looking through it again, I think my problems are more that it's just dull color palette, which I guess fits the story. Um, yeah, I think I think it's good. Probably the best. Um, the story is that the doctor and Martha are trying to go to the Beatles' last performance, but the doctor gets the dates mixed up. This is something that happens in, like, every 
Russell mm-hmm. story, uh, Russell T Davies era story, which I love. Is the Doctor's just really bad at actually getting to the place. Tenant's calendars is awful. Oh yeah, so they end up in plague times. But Doctor's are like, wait, there shouldn't be a plague here yet. It turns out that the plague is a giant uh, race of of virus people, and that there's one what the townspeople think is an angel, but is a is a race of people called the healers, who um their whole existence is just to repopulate or like reproduce themselves and fight the aliens or the uh, virus people. Um, it's fine. Uh, Martha gets more stuff to do here. She's both put into peril. She sure does. But she also gets to do doctor stuff because she is a doctor. She's a medical doctor, which was one of the cool things about her character that the show never really uh, took advantage of. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a fine enough sci-fi story. Probably follows the TV structure the most. Um, a goofy villain, which is cool. Uh, the end is like, there is one war I like, and it's this war between the healers and the viruses. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I don't even, yeah, okay. I think the doctor would just want to end the viruses completely. I don't. <laughs> he wouldn't want to watch like a game. Yeah, he wouldn't want a perpetual war, but okay, go for it. Um, yeah. You did it, Caleb. Wow. How, how's your back feel? I, my back feels fine. My heart feels empty. <laughs> I mean, I just, you have to have some thoughts on this. You have to have annoyance at reading it or oh yeah oh i was so annoyed reading it oh yeah no we're out of the we're out of the story stuff i can talk now yeah yeah because much like the show i didn't remember a single story as soon as i turned the page hated this i've never been so like i have to read this while reading this book it took me like the entire two weeks that we set in between for me to read this because i hated it so much what about it? Because you say you hate it's it. It's so boring. Okay, what's boring about it? None of the characters like feel like anything. They're all every different issue is like radically different. So if I've latched on to anything, which I didn't, but if I had anything to latch onto, it'd be immediately gone by the next issue. So do you think there's not consistency with Tenet's doctor? I don't know if it's a him thing. Well, because he's the one he's the one thing that's Yeah, but like the first issue situations. when I was like, you know, actually trying to pay attention at a certain point. Like I was like, he does. He just doesn't feel like tenant right now. Yeah. And then like second issue came around, I'm like yeah, he's, he feels completely different, but still not like tenant. It's weird because he, these are collected. I don't know how they were written, but they were collected out of order from the timeline. The show. Yeah. Because right, like Martha bookends it, and then so I feel like I don't know if they're writing the character at that point in the show or if they're just miswriting the character. I I agree. He I does know. feel inconsistent. Yeah, that that might have a lot to do with it. Um, the companions like almost feeling like non entity entities definitely didn't help. Uh, the art I just didn't like. There there was just nothing. I never latched on to anything, and even if I did, it'd be gone. Yeah, and so I just I just wasn't having a good time. It's like it's like when you flip flip a doctor at a at a certain point in the TV show where it's like, well, I hope you latch on to this guy because otherwise you're gonna have a bad three years. Um. Is there any story that you think would translate well to television? I mean, all of these could easily be an episode of the show. Episodes I wouldn't remember, but episodes nonetheless. I think that's the real killer here is that, and I and I, I was fine reading these. I didn't love them. I was a little disappointed, but I might go back to one or two. The problem is they do all feel like filler. 
Yeah, they all they all feel like just something that's in the middle of the season after they've already established a character and before there's a world ending threat for the end of the season on. And that's that's another disappointing thing about the second issue, the HG Wells one. It's like, okay, cool. The show has a budget and they have like specific sets and stuff that's easier for them to access and stuff. So they always go back to Victorian England and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Why then you don't have a budget. You can draw literally anything. Why not go back to like theme ancient Japan? Like this is the doctor. He can do anything. Go to Mesopotamia. Like what's South Africa like in the sixties? Probably not great, but you know, (laughs) we, we've abandoned whatever uh, formula that the show has. Not, not doctor who the show with the all new 52 show. Yeah, uh, do, we, do we want to try to bring it back a little bit? Yeah, sure. We've discussed the art as much as we could, I feel like, at this yeah, point, yeah. especially when we do these, like, anthology synopsis uh, episodes. Uh, we can skip over that section. Do you have positives? I mean, I mentioned some of them in the specific thing. There are individual moments of characterization I like with uh, Doctor the Doctor and Martha. Um, but yeah, besides those individual things, uh, the best thing I can say about this is that it felt like, uh, a Doctor Who filler episode, which, yeah, I enjoy moderately. Uh, I got nothing. Cool. Unsurprisingly. Uh, If you've seen my face. This This episode was a dud. I should have known this when I brought Doctor Who. Mid, or I should have read this so I could have brought another. So Doctor yeah, so you could have like uh, have tested brought, it yourself. I should have brought Matt Smith comic. Oh, uh, really I, I mean, I would have had reactions you. then. Yeah, that really would have gotten you. And you know, I feel bad because I always try to have something to say about it, about anything we're reading. If I even if I don't like it, I always try to bring something to the conversation. I I, I couldn't I couldn't for the life of me find anything negative or positive for me to talk about. And it's like, is it because it's Doctor Who and I just don't like Doctor Who anymore? Is it because this is bad? Is it is it be is it because they're like uh, like yeah. I just wasn't in a good mindset reading it? I'm not saying I wasn't, but like I don't I don't know what what was the compounding issue? I think a big chunk of it probably is Doctor Who. This you only read this if you like Doctor Who. Exactly. This is not what you read to get into Doctor. <laughs> you don't. Who. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna be, bring up a point. You can't recommend this to anybody unless they like Doctor Who already. I mean, I think there's something to be said about just jumping into the middle. Like, oh man, when I the first thing Doctor Who I ever saw was a Red Nose Day special where Matt Smith crashes the TARDIS into the TARDIS. Oh, 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 you're talking about okay, I store, yeah, you can jump into an episode of the TV show because like TV show is mostly the same throughout. It was so a you 10 minute short, though, yeah. Well, but. you can figure out if you're gonna like the show based on a single episode, yeah. Uh, I'm but this comic, man. To get to get any kind of characterization out of any of the characters, just a like a jive of what the story's gonna be like. Oh. Yeah, I do think um I think the big thing, right? Like I like the idea of getting different creative teams on and like seeing the different companions, but I do think it would probably be benefited. And I've read other Doctor Who comics where it's like that, where where it's like this, where maybe not necessarily one overarching story, but one story with a consistent character. Uh, character like a companion and then a consistent creative team you let that run for like three or four issues and then you switch it up yeah like arcs yeah so at least there can be something yeah and it doesn't have to necessarily be that's one story but it's one like it's consistent yeah all right uh you did it doctor who 
You started the negative arc all over again. No, please. Oh no. Oh no, please. No, if we're doing if we're doing our our like our second year, we've got time before the negative arc begins. We've That's got true. a couple months. That's true. It might it might kick in sooner than you imagine. Um so this is is this the worst thing you've read for this? Shall we go back through the list so that I can just for the heck of it? I mean, I'll just is it worse than Saga? Yeah. Is it worse than Excalibur? Yeah. I yeah. had stuff to talk about with those. Yeah. And uh, there was those, stuff I liked in those. I those, liked the Warwolves. Those are the two you dislike the most. So. Yeah. Sorry, Tenet. It's f- hey man, that's, that's you weren't part comics. of it though, so I'm not sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a good actor, still, you know. <laughs> All right. This wasn't him coming back for a random episode where it made me question everything he ever did. Has that happened? No, but it's happened with like actors and oh, other okay. things okay. where they'll they'll have a performance that just Amy Adams, Amy and Adams, Adams yeah. Hansen. All right, go get go get your new. Comic. All right. This was a bust. What a waste of a pick. And I got a really good comic. Uh, at the store today, I obviously couldn't have picked that last time, but man, next time I get a pick, it's gonna be better. Is that your coattails? No. Okay. This Let's is a uh, black cloak. Okay. Oh, that one. Oh, it's berserk. Yes. I can tell by the weight. You <laughs> you own very few comics that are that heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, we will be going I need into to flip through this. This is. This is in our limit. It's nine issues. It's just really it's big. The, it's really big. Uh, we will be going through the entirety of the intro arc to Berserk, the Black Swordsman arc. Uh, Which I know some things about Berserk, and I know that this is probably not the arc that I would enjoy. <laughs> uh, you're probably right about that, because uh, I definitely latched on later on. But... Starting at the beginning is always good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to (laughs) work. Yeah, it's technically within our limit. Yeah, okay. If if I had given you the three uh, trades that it (laughs) consists of originally, it might look a little bigger, but... My thing, I probably would have never read Berserk. I really... The the art's amazing Mm -hmm. from everything I've seen. Um, But I'm excited to get into it. It's not something I would have sought out, but you know. You always see it on Sasha's shelf. tempting you <laughs> everywhere like when when he died last year yeah. i had so many friends posting his art and stuff and like really upset about which that's what sense. finally got me to read it where yeah. i was waiting for an ending because i i have a thing that i do where i don't like to start things that aren't going to have either a definitive end or it might go on forever to where i lose interest because i'm tired of dropping stuff and this has been going on forever and this has been going on forever but technically has an ending i guess yeah uh, for now up to up to opinion on how that ending was, but yeah, we're not gonna. I don't know. Re- I don't know how it is, so yeah. I can't. I literally can't comment we're on. We're gonna it. be talking about the beginning yes. next time. The Black so. Swordsman arc. So, if you liked hearing Caleb, uh, feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Write us five stars on the podcast platform under your choice. Uh, email us at allnew fifty two podcast at gmail.com if you think there's a doctor who comic out there that i can find something to say about caleb's caleb said there isn't so i'm gonna go with no uh we'll be back in two weeks with berserk the black swordsman arc bye